Welcome to the Swisspreneur Show, a podcast about startup stories and hands-on learnings from experienced entrepreneurs. My name is Sylvan, and I will be your host. Today, we are on the road to the fintech heart of Switzerland. A wide variety of startups from this sector have settled in Zurich West. A well-known hotspot for this scene is the F10 Incubator. Close to the Swiss Stock Exchange 6 is the co-working space, Incubator and Accelerator, which is operated by various corporate partners. It is Friday afternoon and the Federal Council has just imposed new, drastic Corona measures. It is therefore not surprising that only a handful of people are sitting in the co-working space, and it is sadly very quiet. But our interview guest, Andy, is already waiting for us and leads us past the various workstations into the small meeting room where we record our interview. Before we get started with the episode, I would like to introduce you to SBB Startup. If you think that your company is a good fit for the Swiss Railways, get in touch with them or learn more about their startup programs at sbbstartup.com. Andy, a very well welcome to the Swisspreneur Show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Appreciate. Today, we're going to talk about the F10 Incubator and Accelerator. You were chief information officer at Six Group and co-founded the F10, a fintech incubator and accelerator, as I mentioned before. Why did a large corporation such as Six Group decide to get involved with startups? Well, it's uh, back. It was back in 2015, and you know, if you know a little bit about fintech at that point in time, it was like the, the hype started, and we realized that something going on outside of the incumbent space. So. There were a lot of promising um, new players um, popping up in the in the startup scene covering fintech topics. So that's, that was definitely one of the reasons why we said, you know, we need to get access to those. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, also we at Six, we had the corporate innovation problem. So when you look back, you know, when was the last innovation Six really did? It was some time ago, I think. There, Six was very busy also with merging the three the three organizations together when it was founded uh, back in 2010. So there was definitely also need for, you know, get new ways how we can innovate. And of course, there was also because of the developments, disruptions, etc., going on in the markets, um, definitely awareness from the uh, board of directors and also from the executive board. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a perfect window of opportunity to start this. And then they said, hey, let's do it. Yes, yeah, it was not so easy, but... Uh, <laughs> More or less, that was the plan. Can you walk us a bit through how such a decision is made in a corporate? Because as you said, like there are many people involved. It can also take a long time, I could imagine. How was this decision and also the commitment made to actually start the F10? As you can imagine, thing, good things uh, take a little bit time. So uh, that was just not just the one shot. So going to the executive board and asking for some some sponsoring and, and starting an incubator. Um, so it was a lot about, you know, uh, explaining um, uh, the different stakeholders 
what the benefit could be of, uh, of investing in such a model or sponsoring uh, mm -hmm. such a model. And of course, we also had to look a little bit left and right, what's already existing, what others are doing. So there was a lot of research we had to do. And then uh, it was basically convincing, uh, you know, the executive board that this, this is the right way to do. And uh, luckily, you know, six uh, at that point in time started so-called innovation program. Mm -hmm. And I was in charge of, you know, of the IT part there. And I said, well, I'm not going to implement the next innovation process. I think that's not uh, making a real difference. Then came up with the idea of doing something with startups and mm -hmm. um, had, you know, several interactions with the people and had to pitch several times. Mm -hmm. um, I think after three or four attempts, somehow they said to me, uh, look, Andy, um, we're supporting it. But you have to find other partners and sponsors. And I actually, this is a little bit mean, but I think they were actually expecting that I'm not coming back again. Because, you know, finding new sponsors or investors is not so easy. So I went out, talked to all the banks, insurance companies. And, you know, I managed somehow to onboard uh, Julius Baer and PwC as first founding partners. And it was basically the reason why then uh, also SIG said, let's go for it then they basically couldn't say no to it, right? Yeah. It was a bit mean because we also, um, you know, went out, communicated that uh, in, a, in a maybe not um, a standard way of corporate communication because we went on conferences, talked about it, so that they also helped a bit, you know, that there was kind of, kind of uh, exposure towards the media and some feedback also coming from the media that SIX plays an important role in the fintech space and that helped definitely also to convince the stakeholders. So you basically also built a bit of pressure there. Yes. Nice. So you talked about the problem that you solved for SIX from a corporate perspective, the innovation problem. At the same time, you also bring or offer services for startups and investors. What problems do you solve for these stakeholders? Yes, and I think that's at the, the very core of our um, uh, hypothesis and value proposition of F10. We see that, you know, all of three, the, the three stakeholders, the startups, the corporates and the investors, that they have a problem to solve. So how do we do that and what are the problems? On the one hand, if you look to the startups, what they have is technology. They have bright people, they're agile, they're, um, you know, they can fast adapt. But especially, and this is true for uh, not only for fintech, but uh, especially for fintech, it's very, very difficult to get customers, to get access to customers. And it's also, um, you know, a trust thing. Um, you know, banking and insurance has a lot about, uh, a lot to do with trust. So a startup, you know, for, for a startup, it's, it's not so easy to build up these trust. So that's an issue they have. When you look to the corporate side, it's actually the opposite. What do they have? They usually have customers and they all, ha all have trust, but they lack of speed. Right. They have problem to adapt with uh, with technology. They don't have maybe don't have too many entrepreneurs in their organization. So I, our hypothesis was combining the two different worlds should actually add value on both sides, and that's what we do since 2015, trying to combine that. And maybe coming to the investors, um, I mean investors obviously looking for int uh, for interesting and uh, uh, um, <clears throat> for interesting investment cases. Um, Startups um, are interesting investment cases if they get traction. Corporates can add a value to the startups of being a multiplier. 
that makes the startup more interesting, uh, more uh, more attractive for investors to invest. So you can also add a value on the investor side. So it's a little bit a triple win to be uh, to be said that in a, in an easy way. So adding value to all of three also you know defines the model of of, of F10. And you are active in Zurich and Singapore with F10. You also have like different programs in Vienna, for example. But why did you decide to be active in Zurich and Singapore specifically, not New York or London, for example? That was, of course, a process. Um, and we did several hackathons in, in markets where we believe that there could be an innovation problem from, from the corporate side, be it the banks and the insurance companies. Um, we tested it a bit with running hackathons there. So understanding a bit if we find sponsors who would sponsor a hackathon, that's one market test we did with the corporates. On the other hand, also, is there enough potential of entrepreneurs want to work on, 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 on these topics in the fintech, intertech space? Mm-hmm. So we did a hackathon in Vienna. We did a hackathon in, uh, in Singapore. We did a hackathon here in Zurich. I mean, Zurich is, a, is our home turf. Um, and we wanted to test a bit, you know, what is the reaction? What is the feedback? So, and the conclusion was that Vienna, for instance, didn't really work. There was no openness from, from the banks to really collaborate. Okay. Um, maybe we had the, we hit the wrong window of opportunity or there was the wrong timing. But I mean, in fact, um, we saw that, you know, with, with the sponsorship and also, um, our idea was basically in Vienna to get access more like to the talents from the Eastern countries. But we realized that they also are willing to come to Zurich. So there was no reason for us to actually have a permanent presence in Vienna. We stepped back from Vienna in Singapore. Um, that, that, um, uh, hackathon was very successful. So we did it twice. We saw some, 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 also some pull from, from the corporate side to sponsor it. And there we tested a bit, you know, is there a need, um, you know, to have a kind of permanent presence and to replicate the model we have here in Zurich to Singapore, running startup programs, helping the corporates to innovate. And, um, that's the main reason why we started there. And there's some other uh, things like, that I believe Switzerland and Singapore have, have a lot of similarities in terms of, you know, being a financial center, having a lot of headquarters of, of multinational banks, and, um, you know, um, also, you know, being from an infrastructure point of view, having a high level of, of infrastructure. So building the bridges between the two hubs was, you know, for us, it was really obvious that this should actually work. So that was the reason for, for Singapore. I mean, we started last year. We'll see how it goes, of course. Um, our ambition is to make it as least as big as Switzerland and make it even bigger. And what does it mean, make it bigger? It's, it's mainly, you know, onboarding new partners there, running more programs, creating attractive deal flow and getting a, a respective investors also on the, on, the, on the platform. Sounds great. The way that you approach, you know, expanding or testing new markets sounds very similar to the offering that you have for startups, you know, from idea to prototype, from prototype to actually uh, go out and test it, and then from testing to actually going to market. Can you maybe also talk a bit more about how you actually then collaborate with the startups? What do you do with them once they're part of your or one of your programs? Yes, I mean, it starts with selecting the right ones. I think that's one of our, our core activities um, because it doesn't really make sense just working with startups. <laughs> you need to work with the, the best ones and with those who really fit to uh, to the corporates. How do you find them? Yes, I mean, the good thing is that in the meantime, we have generated uh, uh, kind of an attractive brand 
um, uh, mostly done via social media, I would say. So we didn't really spend a lot of money on, on marketing. It works quite well. So we got a lot of inbound uh, applications, usually like 400 per incubation program. Right. And um, we also started to kind of actively scout for, for the right one. So that's actually the kind of raw material we get, if you say it like this. And then um, based on our experience um, and also, you know, with the input from our partners, we select mm -hmm. and we do like a stepped um, stage selection process, um, getting to the top 60, doing an online interview, including the corporates. And that they can learn a lot also from these interviews, asking the right questions and eventually selecting the 15 for, for the program. And then actually the whole program is all about two things. One is actually making sure that, you know, entrepreneurs don't do the usual mistakes. Like what, for example? Um, you know, not having a complete team, for instance, I would say so. Um, not, you know, being aware of what does it really mean to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> so it's basic stuff like, you know, we can go through the list of why startup fails right. and we basically check them, you know, on that topics and we help them. It's a lot about coaching and that's one element. It's more like the due diligence uh, kind of task you do mm -hmm. um, during the program. The other thing is, of course, enablement and, you know, and play, playing the multiplier of connecting them with the right people on, a, on the corporate uh, side, opening doors, um, make it easier to collaborate. Uh, for instance, we have implemented the sandbox here with APIs from the corporate, so they can actually test their solutions against the API, which really helps them later on if they want to uh, you know, set up a partnership because you have actually removed some obstacles from an IT point of view. There's things like um, getting Finma here to, to the F10, you know, explaining what kind of licenses there are that they don't get into troubles there. Um, and, you know, tons of other, uh, things we do just to make sure that the collaboration really works out well. You talked about obstacles to remove them from a technical perspective when building such a new thing as the F10 as you did as co-founder. I can imagine that you also face many obstacles along the way. Can you tell us about like the biggest challenges that you faced and how you solved them? Um, yes, I think we did the, more or less the startup roller coaster with <laughs> F10. It's, it's, you know, at first we had to fundraise. I explained that already a bit, you know, going to the corporates and get the money that we can actually finance an operation here. Um, I think there we did a lot of, you know, things wrong, you know, retrospective. Um, but I think we, we managed it somehow. Then, you know, we had a, to find a good team. Um, luckily we really had very motivated people joining us. Um, there were even some, some guys from six being part of the team, which is really great because we also need to have kind of the knowledge of what's, what's going on in the, in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. Um, and, um, having a good team, of course, is one thing, but then also, you know, creating the necessary traction in, the, in terms of attracting new partners, generating the, the deal flow for startups coming in. So that was actually very, very challenging at the beginning. Then we came into a kind of situation where um, there was a lot of demand from the corporate side because we were able to onboard a certain amount of corporates, which really helped. And things, things started to become kind of, you know, automatic. Um, 
That's also a little bit challenging because then you get from three partners up to 10 partners yeah. and they all have their particular interests. <laughs> so uh, one of my major challenge was then, you know, uh, defining a governance around F10, which actually makes everyone happy. Uh, we had to change it several times. As you can imagine, it's like a joint venture thing. You, know, you need to make sure that all, everyone is on board and stays on board. Um, but we also manage that. I think it's pretty stable at the moment. Um, um, we want to grow further. Um, and uh, I think also now being a startup as F10 to coming to the next level means that we're more becoming a scale-up. Mm -hmm. That means we also need to have some more structure. Uh, we had to professionalize certain things. Right. And that's exactly where we're in at the moment. You know, having a second hub in Singapore adds uh, another complexity because we need to talk about different, uh, to speak about diff uh, above diff different time zones, uh, you know, having distributed teams. I think a lot of similarities to what the startup uh, faces when they, when they go through their journey of, of scaling up. There is always a new challenge and problem to solve around yes. the corner, basically. But that makes the job also very exciting. That's right. I, at the same time, I also wonder about your business model. On your website, you state that you don't take any equity for startups running through your process, but you ask for a small fee. Your corporate partners are an important revenue source to finance the operation. What's your business model if there's any behind F10? Um, maybe I have to correct that a little bit. So it's uh, true for the scale-up program that there is no equity involved there. So that's just uh, making sure... Um, that uh, we can cover the expenses there, uh, taking a little bit fees. Mm -hmm. uh, we have for the incubation program, F10 is taking a small amount of equity. Um, we're also in the process of setting up the investment vehicle, mm -hmm. which belongs to F10, which will do also a cash investment into the startup successfully graduating from the incubation program. Nice. So actually we, we do have, when you look at it from that perspective, kind of a VC uh, incubator model. But of course, as you know, doesn't really create a lot of liquidity exactly. uh, when you do f uh, investments um, in an early stage thing. So F10 is financed by uh, by the fees from, from the corporates. And that's a non-profit thing. We basically spend what we get. Mm -hmm. um, we always want to spend it wisely. Um, of course, we need to generate value for the corporates because otherwise they, they, they walk away and don't pay. So How do you do that short term? Because in the long term, it's clear that if there's a good investment, you get a significant return. But short term, sometimes the corporates can already ask for some deliverables for some return. How do you handle that? Yes, I mean, that's a good point because uh, there's a lot of expectation management you have to do. And um, because the stakeholder here we have as a uh, kind of, you know, person who is engaged within F10 is usually a person is somehow involved in, in, the, in the innovation space. Uh, coming from the innovation lab or coming from the business uh, business de corporate de uh, development space, so they understand that you know what we do here doesn't have a significant impact short term on bottom or top line. But of course, we want to generate collaboration cases which meet long term really you know make a difference. So it starts small and then scales up. So it's always you know a challenge, of course, to explain to people that they you know, stay, have to stay on board here. But when you look back, like, you know, SIX is a very good example here. They're uh, part of F10 since 2015. So they have kind of, you know, a story 
we know you know which collaborations we have um, you know done in the past you know have really worked out and which not and um, in the meantime I think we have some successful cases which really had also already an impact on the on on, on certain areas within the within the company um, and that's also the case for other for other partners here but uh, frankly it's a long-term game it's like if you would like if you would invest in a fund with a with a with a lifetime of 10 years it's you can't expect to get the return within a couple of months absolutely otherwise you can go to the casino absolutely <laughs> Before we continue with the show, just a quick note on the Swiss Fintech Awards. The Swiss Fintech Awards Night Ceremony and the Associated Fintech Conference have been postponed from 12th of March to 31st of August due to the current special situation. The organizers are pleased to have already received the confirmation of all keynote speakers and panelists for this date in order to be able to catch up on the top class Fintech Conference at the end of August. Over the coming weeks, they will be updating their website continuously. So check out www.fuw-forum.ch slash fintech. We already talked about the supporters that also, you know, made F10 even possible. Six, Julius Baer, PwC, and then you also onboarded other corporate partners. Were there any other strong supporters that made the whole thing a success? I think uh, thanks to all these you have mentioned and there are a couple of others uh, backing us. Um, I think um, I think the success of F10 and also you know, what what we are today with the brand etc. is is at the end of it's it's full um, is the full benefit of having this network. Of course, over time we have built up a big big mentor network. These are volunteers working here for the startups. Nice. Um, they also spread the word, of course. I think they're also an extremely important element. And thanks, thanks to them, we also, um, you know, can add a lot of value to the startups. Mm -hmm. These are also st a stakeholder, which I didn't mention before, but I think is also extremely important. And then, of course, you know, um, after um, run, after having run five batches in the incubation space. And 45 million flew into the startups. As it, there's also a big investment investor network we have. So those who are interested in investing in fintech startups early stage, they're somehow part of our community here, part of our network, and they also add a lot of value. Of course, I think it would be unfair to mention any particular names of investors here, but I think the usual suspect of the <laughs> of the Swiss ecosystem, they're part of F10, and also a big thank you to them to. Uh, you know, make F10 successful. Yeah, that makes sense. What's particularly interesting from my perspective is this close collaboration between startups and, and corporates. Something I feel that Switzerland is a very good place because you have many big corporates here, but also, you know, young dynamic startups uh, launching their companies here. Is there any, you know, success model or success tip that you could give to corporates and also to startups to really make this collaboration succeed? Mm -hmm. I think there are many success factors uh, to make it uh, make it successful. Um, one thing is really is it's it's a lot about expectation management. So set the expectations right on both sides, and you know make your plans very transparent as from the beginning. If you start to engage, you know it's a big difference of using a startup as a supplier, and you can yeah. do that, and or if 
to partner with a startup. I think there's a difference there. And partnering, you know, what does partnering mean? Is it investing? Is it taking control over the, over the company or the startup? Or is it, um, you know, doing business model development together or business development together? So I think I think it needs to be clarified. The sooner you clarify that, I think the easier the collaboration goes. You need to have people who are um, willing to take the risk corporate internally because it's it's a venture. They also um, need to have the courage to you know stand behind if it fails because you never know if it really works out. Mm -hmm. And um, that's also an element which I think and there and, and what you also can do is of course and we help a lot the corporates and the startups to facilitate that is you no know, like the legal framework like contracts for instance yeah. because a contract could actually kill a startup if it doesn't really fit um, so we have some templates for instance here for a POC mm-hmm. which is which, which sounds like a very uh, you know simple tool but you know such a tool if you have a a template for a POC, which is only three pages, for instance, which is accepted by, you know, the procurement and legal department on the corporate side can really help to make things, you know, uh, hassle-free and, 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 and easygoing for, uh, for both parties. Yeah, you can also save a lot of time and money in that regard. Now, you know, when building up a, a new company or also a new initiative like mm-hmm. F10, usually along the way, you also face some opponents. That could be other programs, that could be regulatory reasons. Were there any opponents that you had to convince or to deal with along the journey over the past years? Yes, of course. And I think that's also good that you have that because otherwise you get in that uh, comfort zone thing. well, there was at the, when we started, um, we had these like many initi- initiatives popping up in the fintech space, um, other incubators, programs, startup initiatives, and we had to kind of you know convince um, the startups and also the corporates that w- were the place to go. I think this is the, kind of the competition. Uh, how how did you specifically do that? You mentioned social media was an important part. Yes, if you have a media house behind your initiative, that definitely helps. We didn't have that, yeah. uh, to be honest, but um, we did it with social media, word of mouth, creating a community, going out, being on stage, uh, sometimes being also a little bit provocative. And we also leveraged uh, kind of the brands from the corporates. I mean, that does definitely helps, you know, if you imagine combining the the marketing communication power of the 13 partners we have that's huge sure. you need to need to unlock that it's not so easy to unlock but it's possible i think we did that so so therefore you can actually um play the game the other thing is uh, that we consider our model as very open mm-hmm. so we talk to everyone so that doesn't mean that we have a partnership with any anyone but we talk to anyone i think that helps as well um, um it's competition kind of it's not really always competition and you also uh, see when f10 has actually core from a corporate uh, point of view you have competitors here on the platform like two insurance companies they're in the same market and that also helps to attract others because they see you know it's not exclusive just for one um that's maybe also a little bit unique um yeah well now i think um there's some bigger players in the um let's say accelerator startup accelerator market realized that switzerland can be very attractive Mm -hmm. um 
maybe also because we generated some interesting uh, a startup deal flow here. So they will also come to Switzerland, of course, starting up something here. And there's competition again. So it's it's an ongoing process. You always have to, you know, keep up with with uh, with the market and and try to differentiate. Absolutely. I think that's also a very good uh, sort of transition to the future outlook about your plans. You're all shifted a bit from, you know, back in the days when you co-founded F10. Nowadays, you are the head of the six fintech ventures and also actively invest in startups. Was there a certain point that led to that decision that you actually also start actively investing in startups? Yes, uh, because when we started with F10, the whole investment part was kind of, you know, uh, impossible because you know nobody of our backers was was really in that you know venturing venturing space and we had to build up a reputation and f10 really helped kind of you know that we can attract the right startups and then i started very soon also you know six er, six internally and of course that also happened with uh, many other partners we had you know on the platform that you know we are generating value here so um we also should be able to capture the value we generate and um, you're also the strategic element of, you know, being closer to the startup for maybe later acquisitions and so on became uh, obvious. So I think that led also to the point that SIX um, eventually uh, launched the, the venture funds, the 50 million fund. And um, for me, it was, I mean, I mean, it was a perfect opportunity to take it over, even though like SIX FinTech Venture is totally independent from F10, from a structural point of view. Uh, Six Fintech Ventures, of course, invests into deal flow from F10. Sure. Um, it's actually convergence there, like ZKB also does, and other partners also do. That also makes a lot of sense, actually. And I think it's, you know, actually also the value chain you have generated in the very early stage with, with startups and the scale-ups, you know, that you can further finance the value chain uh, and make sure that companies can scale and they only can scale with uh, with equity. So basically, um, um, it's it's a perfect combination of that. And for me personally, the combination of the of the two jobs really makes makes a lot of sense. Yeah. For me, this is also a, a sort of a good message because if you probably had shooted to invest in startups from day one, you, you probably wouldn't be sitting here because the project would have probably been killed. Was it always the intention of doing the investment as soon as possible? Was that the original plan or was that something that then eventually emerged out of doing F10 and then seeing a new potential? Well, retrospective, I could say I had the master plan, right? <laughs> like Elon Musk, he had the master exactly. plan. I had some kind of master plan in my mind, but I never really disclosed it because I think it doesn't really work if you come with the, you know, the big vision and so on. And, right. you need, and I was not really experienced in that space, to be honest, at that point in time. So I said, you know, let's take it you know, let's do it step by step and learn. And then over time, for me, it really became obvious that we can generate the value and that the investment part is a logic extension of what we do. Right. So that was more like the the story, you know, we had. And then we came up and it's always good, you know, if others come to you and say, now, have you ever thought of doing an investment yes. in these startups? So that's validating a little bit the, the model you have actually, actually implemented. It's much easier to it like this if I would have been the one who you know approaches the corporates and say now we have to invest and convince them without a track record 
So now it's actually um, much easier for us, you know, to explain the story because we have like 100 startups, you know, being part of our uh, network, uh, a very high survival rate, you know, 45 million flew into those graduates from the incubation program. So we have the story. And so we have the insights, we know what works, we have the experience, and now it's it's the time to invest, not forgetting, you know, that the, our hypothesis connecting startups and corporate and fostering the collaboration, it's still at the core of our business. And the investment part is kind of a very positive side effect. So it's not the means to the end of the model. It's at the end, it's a combination of you know, of all these things. And that's, in, that's, that's, you know, what we have achieved. And I think we want to further, uh, you know, expand that. Mm -hmm. would, it, would you say that, you know, you sort of also de-risked the, the first approach without the investment part for the corporates? Would you say that this is also an important part of actually working and collaborating with corporates to also show them, hey, this is how you can de-risk this opportunity to really test it out first, maybe with small steps to learn and then go bigger if it works out? Absolutely. I think that's the, 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 from my point of view, the most clever way to do it. It's a lot about de-risking. What does mean, what does de-risking mean? I mean, it's learning. You have to learn and probably have to do some mistakes. And if the mistakes don't have that huge impact, you know, it's kind of reducing the risk at the end of the day. So that's how it calls de-risking. And later on, if you uh, feel more confident, you can also take a bigger take bigger risks, which means doing investments, for instance. Absolutely. You were also recently awarded the FinTech Influencer of the Year Award. So beyond what you already do very actively with SIX and with F10, how else do you support Swiss startups? What, what else do you do during day and night? <laughs> I mean, we feel, and I must speak, you know, I'm not the influencer, it's the F10 organization. And I think thanks to the team, I think there are, you know, many people uh, doing an amazing job here. And, um, and, and, and also very much appreciate that we got awarded for the work we have done so far. I think the contribution to the ecosystem and, you know, like the startup scene and the development of, of fintech in Switzerland, um, that's what we do. We know B-side adding value to, to the three stakeholders, um, making Switzerland an attractive place for companies to come here to join our programs, you know, being a thought leader in, in the fintech space together with all the corporates and the mentors and, and the whole network we have adds a lot of value. And, you know, when I look back to 2015, and, and, and I see now, you know, how much venture capital now flows into fintech, um, how, you know, we have grown the, the community, what, what happened, you know, outside of F10 with all the other initiatives, there's really a lot going on. And I think um, and that's what we also wanted to support, um, you know, showing that Switzerland, um, you know, is the place to be, that we can actually also compete with other hubs and um, that we are even... Uh, able to build bridges between markets like Singapore, for instance. Absolutely. Now with the award and also the upcoming scale-up program, you have a lot of plans for the future. What else can we expect from you and from F10? Um, of course, those plans have a little bit, um, uh, um, <laughs> had a little bit the setback now with the current economic situation and what, what happened here. Um, but of course, we have a lot of ideas what we will do. I think one thing is actually making F10 a global network is definitely something which is on our uh, our wish list. Mm -hmm. So um, a third hop, 
maybe a fourth hop somewhere. I think it's too early to um, to this to say you know where do we go mm -hmm. because we will still again do kind of the testing and the exploration of of those markets where it makes sense. But imagine if you would have like three or four hops of of local incubators having you know like local investment vehicles where we can invest in the best ones, connecting those, having those corporate uh, partners locally, even connect them on a global uh, global base, exchanging startups, ideas between the hubs. I think a global innovation network around the topic fintech, insurtech, financial and insurance industry, that's something which is the, the bigger vision of F10. And we work constantly to get there. So we are curious to see what you will do in the future. Before we conclude the episode, I prepared some rapid fire questions for you. So basically, I give you a choice of two options. Mm -hmm. You make one choice and ideally try to explain why you made that choice in one sentence. Mm -hmm. Are you ready? Ready. First one, humans or robots? Humans. Why? Uh, because uh, collaboration happens between humans and inventions, innovation, um, New business opportunities, that something hap happens between humans and not robots, robots uh, supporting it. Makes sense. Second one, asking for forgiveness or for permission? Um, asking for forgiveness, but always, you know, be aware of the red lines. I think that's, um, that's important. That's a not so easy balancing act that nope. you have to do sometimes. Yes. Revolut or Neon? Uh, that's, that's a tough one. Um, <laughs> both, ha I can't, I can't say. And I think both have something. Mm -hmm. Revolut has the scale. And uh, Neon has a good, a good brand. I like it that they really did it here mm -hmm. in Switzerland. Um, both business models are very challenging. Yeah. So it's a very diplomatic Swiss answer. That's also good. <laughs> Wealth or happiness? Uh, happiness, because actually wealth is just a supporter to be happy, Absolutely. but it's not the only uh, element. Do you prefer small teams like 10 people or big teams like 100 plus, plus people? Uh, getting from small to big teams. <laughs> I think that's what you need. Um, if a, if a, a business model is very, very scalable, you can be a very, very successful company um, with only 10 people. Mm -hmm. but some business models require people, so then you grow. Sure. But of course, um, working with 10 people is probably a little bit easier than with 100 people, but also like the challenge to have bigger organizations. But that's actually a very cool answer, going from small to big teams. And the last one, maybe a tough choice for you, maybe not, Zurich or Singapore? Uh, Zurich. That's where home is. I guess. Yeah, that's where home is. That's where I live. That's where we started. Um, that's where it's close to the mountains <laughs> where you can go for skiing. Um, but second choice would be Singapore. Cool. It's a cool location. Nice. Andy, that was a lot of fun. Thank you so much for your time and for the cool input. And we wish you all the best and lots of success. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed the content, we would be thrilled to receive your rating on Apple Podcasts. That way you not only support Swisspreneur, but also help other entrepreneurs discovering the show and finding more valuable information on how to run their businesses. 
Next week, we will already be back with an all new episode of the Swisspreneur Show. So we hope to see you again then for a new episode.